Thanks for listening to the Sugar Hill Church podcast. To hear more sermons and to find out more about our church, please visit sugarhillchurch.com. Welcome to Sugar Hill Church. Y'all can have a seat. Hey, bud. We are so glad you're home. I love you. Now, if you can't preach after that, you are dead as a hammer. Granny never learned to drive, never got her driver's license, lived over in Mountain Park over in Lilburn, and truly one of the most gracious people to ever walk the face of the earth. In her latter stages of life, she started fighting Alzheimer's and and, and life got a little challenging for her. But I'm telling you, this is a woman who saw the best in every human on the planet. And I remember being in that old house and um, she had a closet full of quilts and she would store hundred dollar bills in those quilts. <laughs> and when asked, Granny, why do you have hundred dollar bills in the quilts? Her reply was this. Now remember, this is a woman who has never drawn anywhere in her life and has never lived further than a half mile from where she was born. Her reply was this. I'm an independent woman. When I go into Roses in Lawrenceville, I might find something I want. So I'm going to keep my $100 bill. And you know what we all said? It makes perfect logic to me. And Granny kept storing those $100 bills. When Granny went on to be with heaven, I don't know how many $100 bills were in there, but everybody was glorious at that day. <laughs> Granny was an independent woman. Have you ever noticed how many warnings there are that teach us things that you'd never imagined before? I found some warnings this week. On a package of fishing lures was attached this warning, harmful if swallowed. I thought we ought to put behind it. You reckon? This was my favorite. A carpenter's router carried this warning on the side of it. This product is not intended for use as a dental drill. (laughs) Things that make you go, hmm. One company that sells those cardboard sun shields that keep the hot sun off your dashboard One of their legal eagles is concerned that someone might forget to remove the product before heading on the highway, so the shield carries this warning. Do not drive with sun shield in place. On a container of underarm deodorant, it says, do not spray in eyes. On a toilet bowl cleaning brush, it says, do not use orally. You can't make this stuff up. This was a good one. On a laser pointer, it said this, do not look into laser with remaining eye. Oops. <laughs> I kind of like this one. In the manual for the, ma- for the microwave oven, Jim, I think it's at your store. For the manual at, for, on the microwave oven, it says, do not use for drying pets. We use our big green egg for that. How you doing, boy? 
Life's full of warnings, is it not? I mean, everywhere you go, there's some kind of warning. But here's what happens. And inside of all of our warnings, I think many of us believe that that's what this book is. One big honking warning signal that says, don't do, and then you fill in the blank. Don't do, and you fill in the blank. Don't have fun. Don't be normal. Don't be regular. Just be weird and don't do fun stuff. And I think that's how most of us grew up thinking. That's what this Bible does is it just tells us just don't, don't have fun. Don't love life. Don't go live normally. Whatever you do, one big honking warning signal. And listen, we have totally misunderstood this book in the same way the writers of those warning signals did. This is not a warning signal. This is, this is a model for how we are to find freedom in our life today. I invite you to consider in Psalm 119 a couple of verses as we look at this. I mean, in our own human efforts, we make life worse than the warning assumption. Don't do this. Don't do that. Don't have any fun. And in those human efforts, we forgot Jesus' greatest commission that's all about love and all about freedom. It is all about loving God. It's all about loving others. And it's all about enjoying the journey as we do. I don't believe God made any one of us to walk through this life miserable. I believe he made us find freedom and peace and joy found only in him. But you know, the amazing thing is, just like a warning signal, you can take that warning and use it or not. Or you can take God's freedom and his grace and his mercy and his love or not. You pick. You get to choose. And in Psalm 119, we read these two verses where we discover real freedom. In the 32nd verse of Psalm 119, the New International Version says it this way, I run in the path of your commands, for you have set my heart free. I run in the path of your commands, for I have set, for you have set my heart free. And then down in verse 45, we read, I will walk about in freedom, for I have sought out your precepts. Now, for those of you that aren't familiar with that, that terminology, we're going to flip over to the New Living Translation for a minute and read the same two verses. Verse 32 in Psalm 119 in the New Living says this, I will pursue your commands for you expand my understanding. And in verse 45 it says, I will walk in freedom for I have devoted myself to your commandments. These two statements really ask us this question. Are you really free? I mean, here in the good old U.S. of A., we've kind of packaged freedom as the ability to be independent. We've packaged freedom as I can think the way I want, do the way I want, be the way I want. That's freedom. And I would argue that what this scripture is teaching us is that we don't need more independence. We desperately need more dependence. I think we've proven what our independence will do. I mean, how many of you have ever had a child, and usually it happens somewhere between 16 and 24? So if you're a parent of children that age, how many of you have ever had your child make this statement? Oh, I don't have to do that. I am an independent man or woman. You ever heard that phrase? Are those not the stupidest words you've ever heard in your life? I'm independent as long as you pay my car and my insurance and my phone bill and my tuition and my rent and my utilities. I am independent as long as you do that. I love it when the correction of that goes, so So if you want independence, I can bless you with that. And we can, we can rapidly move that forward if you want independence. But you know, 
let's face it, independence comes with a lot more, not less, doesn't it? A lot more. It calls more out of us. It's like grace. It expects more, not less. Independence is something that maybe we ought to rethink. These two statements out of Scripture in Psalm 119 connect freedom and God's Word. One says, because we're free, we're able to keep the commands of God. The other says that since we seek out the Scriptures, we're able to live in freedom. Both say freedom and God's Word go hand in hand. Uh Uh-oh, that means me too, Chuck? That means I've got to be that person. I've got to be that person who can trust independence with the fact that God wants the best for me and trust Him for it and trust His Word for it. Yes. I mean, in 2005, I, I took a few days and went up to Lake Lanier. I took a, a Bible and a legal pad and a pen. And my question to God was literally this. What am I going to do with my life? I mean, I found myself in the situation of being a single parent, and uh, what am I going to do? Is in the middle of a job change and a career change, and what am I going to do with my life? And literally, I, I sat there and I thought to myself, you know what I really want? I want freedom. I want, I want freedom to be able to answer God's call. I want freedom to be able to do what God wants me to do. I want. Don't we all long for freedom? Don't you all want to be able to reply to God when he says go? Don't you all want to reply and be able to do what you know you're supposed to do, to put your head on a pillow at night and know, I, I got used by God today. I made a difference. I left a dent in the planet. And it comes through experiencing this freedom. We, we consider the Bible so restrictive, and yet what God offers us is freedom. We consider it a rule book, but what God says is, this is your declaration of independence. This is your declaration of dependence. You know, I, I don't know about you, but it, it appears to me that the older I get, the more I need other people. The older to get, it's not, it's not that I'm on my own more, it's, it's that I need other people. And you know what I've really discovered? That on my own, I, I have this desperate need for God more and more and more because I've experienced his goodness and I've seen his power and I've recognized his faithfulness. And in that, you know what I recognize? I need more. I want more. Here's the good news. God will give you all you want and then some. But you pick. But you pick. It's really freedom through slavery. Now, some of you just checked out right then, didn't you? Whoa, no, listen to me, Chuck. I am nobody's slave. I, 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 nobody's my boss. Well, maybe you want to rethink that thought. If you look at the Gospel of John in chapter 8, verses 31 through 38, we really contrast true freedom from the actual slavery in turning away from God's Word. In verse 31 in chapter 8 of the Gospel of John, it says this, Jesus said to the people who believed in him, now, did you hear that? Jesus is making a statement to a group of people who have already trusted him. They've already trusted him as their savior, already trusted him as their king. He've already trusted him as their Lord. And here's what he says. You are truly my disciples if you remain faithful to my teachings. And you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Now, in other words, what Jesus is saying is this. If you truly are my followers, you know what you'll find it easy to do? You'll find it easy to obey me. Now, it's important to recognize Jesus isn't saying to them, hey, straighten up and obey me. Jesus is saying, if you love me, you're going to find it easy to. You know what I find easy to do? I find it easy in the fall to go to Athens and bark like a fool. You know why? I love the dogs. I find that easy. 
You know what I find easy? I find it easy. You go down to the TED and do the tomahawk chop. You know why? I love the Braves. That's easy. Go down to the George Dome and watch the Falcons play. Man, I, I find it easy to rise up. You know why I, I love my Falcons? You know what Jesus is saying? If you love me, you'll find it easy to obey me. So let me ask you this question. Is your obedience to God a reflection of how much you love him? If it is, most of us are in trouble. You say, well, Chuck, that that doesn't sound like freedom. I would argue it's pure freedom. Look at the rest of the teaching. In verse 32, it says, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Jesus said, what? I am the way, the truth, and the, yeah. Verse 33 goes on and says, but we are descendants of Abraham, they said. We've never been slaves to anyone. What do you mean you will be set free? And Jesus said, I tell you the truth, everyone who sins is a slave of sin. A slave is not a permanent member of the family, but a son is part of the family forever. So if the son has set you free, you are truly free. Yes, I realize that you are descendants of Abraham, and yet some of you are trying to kill me because there's no room in your hearts for my message. I am telling you what I saw when I was with the father, but you are following the advice of your father. Listen, you know what Jesus is saying to them there? Listen, you may think you're not a slave to anything, but I'm telling you, you're a slave to sin. Jesus is saying, it's got a hold on you, and it's got you in lockdown mode, and it owns you. And you may not think you're a slave to something, but I promise you, you're a slave to this. And you may not think that there is a problem, but there is. Politically and spiritually, these people prided themselves on being fiercely independent. But Jesus declares that they're really slaves. And oh, by the way, he says we are too. You take a minute this morning and consider some forms of slavery that grasped the Pharisees at that time. And by the way, I think grasped you and I today. First, there's the slavery to sin. I mean, the most obvious example of the grip that sin had on them is that they were ready to reject and kill Jesus, the Son of God. I mean, the same people he's talking to are the same people that said, crucify him, we'll choose Barabbas. Those are the same people. They're the same people who do exactly what we do today. We come together on Sunday and say, yay, God, and then Monday by noon, we're back at it. We're slaves to sin. I mean... As much as we try to blank out the guilt of sinful disobedience, we're not really acting freely. It owns us. It it, it pulls us down. It drags us. It's a ball and chain in our life. Has it occurred to you that all of us are just addicts? We're all addicts. You say, whoa, Chuck, no, nothing. I've never smoked any weed. I've never run a line of coke. I've never done any heroin. I, I don't even drink, Chuck. I'm not an addict. Okay, well, watch this. You ready? Yes, you are. Every one of us in this room are addicted to sin. Every one of us are addicts to sin. But you know what we do? We look down our nose at the person who's dealing with an addiction, and here's what we say. Why don't you just put it down? We look at the guy who's struggling with a bottle, and we say, why don't you just put it down? The guy who's hooked on porn, why don't you just stop looking at that? The guy who can't give up a bag of weed, just why don't you stop buying that? And we look down our nose with this spiritual oversight and think, why don't you just deal with that? 
And every now and then, I think they ought to look back at us and say, why don't you deal with yours? Why don't you deal with, with your attitude? He said, attitude? I'm just walking in the goodness of God. You know what Jesus would say to that addict? Come here, son. I love you. You know what he'd say? Come here. I love you. All those people Jesus is talking to and John, you know what he's really saying? All of you, you know what you, you really want to do? You want to get mad at me for hanging out with people who are messed up. Here's the great news. You know what? We got a church full of messed up people. All you got to do is turn to your left, turn to your right, looking forward or look behind, and we're all messed up. We're all addicts. So Chuck, I, I, I just don't like that term. Okay. You know, another form of slavery is religious arrogance. Ouch. You recall the story about two men praying in the temple in Luke chapter 18? Scripture says, beginning in verse 10, two men went to the temple to pray. One was a Pharisee and the other was a despised tax collector. You couldn't get more opposite here. The Pharisee stood by himself and prayed this prayer. I thank you, God, that I'm not a sinner like everyone else, for I don't cheat, I don't sin, I don't commit adultery. I'm certainly not like that tax collector. It, isn't it, don't you find it easier to find somebody else's fault? Don't you find it easier to point to somebody else's problem? Don't you find it easier to look at them and say, at least I'm not like them? And you know what? God looks at that and says, why don't you grab a mirror, bud? Why don't you measure you against God, not you against somebody else? You say, well, Chuck, that, that doesn't sound like freedom. Oh, I, I would argue it's different. He goes on, the, the, the Pharisee says in verse 12, I fast twice a week and I give you a tenth of my income. What he's saying is, God, I'm a big cog in the synagogue. I'm a big deal around here. I mean, people know me. I'm a leader. I look like somebody. I talk like somebody. I walk like somebody. When I walk in a room, people go, mm, leader. Not like that tax collector. Look at there. He came to church in shorts and flip-flops. Verse 13, it says, but the tax collector stood at a distance and, and dared not even lift his eyes to heaven as he prayed. Instead, he beat his chest in sorrow saying, oh God, be merciful to me for I'm a sinner. And Jesus said, I tell you, this sinner, not the Pharisee, returned home justified before God. For those who exalt themselves will be humbled and those who humble themselves will be exalted. You know what Jesus is saying? Freedom's a matter of your heart. Jesus is saying, if you want freedom, you can have it, and I'll give it to you, and I'll give it all you want, but it's a matter of your heart. It's, it's not where you live. It's not, it's, it's not even how you choose to live. It, it's a matter of your heart. I mean, the Pharisee thought he, he had freedom because he kept all the rules. And Jesus came along and said, your rules count for squat. Look at his heart. Look at his heart. Do you really think the Lord Jesus has got a checklist measuring your man-made rules? We're addicts. You know, some of us are slaves to tradition. Have you ever examined what you really believe and how you practice your life and what you're slaves to? I mean, if you compare your lives and your beliefs, you might find a discrepancy with Scripture. I'll tell you one thing, Chuck. Church is supposed to be an organ and a piano. Where in the New Testament did you read that? 
Where did you, you got these groups like casting crowns, running around with guitars and drums and making all kind of racket. And, and all the while, thousands of people are coming to know Jesus. And you know what I believe the Lord says? Will you stop worrying about your traditions and worry about me? Will you stop worrying about what you like and care about people finding freedom in Christ? Will you stop getting bent out of shape about what you want and be concerned about what God wants? Sometimes our traditions are literally killing us. But you know what I've also learned? We also find that we're enslaved to the fear of other people. I mean, we're enslaved because of a fear to others. We're so desperate for approval. We'll do anything to please others. I guarantee you, Pastor Ryan sees it in student ministry all the time. Students who have this great desire to please everybody around them except God. Longing to get approval from anybody and everybody. And by the way, I see it in businessmen and businesswomen. I see it in housewives and tennis moms and soccer moms. I see it in church life where all we want to do is please everybody around us and we couldn't care less whether we're pleasing the Lord God or not. And God says that's not freedom. All those pats on the back and all of those fake friends, that's not freedom. So Chuck, how can I be free? Well, freedom is found in deliberate obedience to God's word. Psalm 119.45, let me remind you, I will walk in freedom for I have devoted myself to your commandments. There's nothing quite like the inner peace associated with devoting yourself and surrendering yourself to God's word and to God's will. You say, Chuck, I need peace in my life. I need freedom in my life. Well, then surrender your life to Christ. Chuck, that, that, that sounds like I'm getting enslaved. No, that's where you find freedom. I am the way, the truth, and the life, and the truth shall set you free. So it's up to you. But you say, well, Chuck, I, 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 I want God's best for my life. I really, really do. Well, if you want it, you can have it. All of his best that you want is yours through surrender and deliberate obedience to him. You say, well, how do I know the deliberate obedience of God? Start right here. You say, well, Chuck, how do I do it? Start in the Gospel of John. Read a chapter of John each day this week. At the end of every chapter, ask yourself two questions. Who did Jesus say he was? And number two, what am I going to do about it? And then when you're done, start reading the book of Proverbs. One proverb a day. There's one for every day of the month. What does God have for me? How do I find wisdom? How do I find freedom? In him and only in him. You say, well, Chuck, that sounds good. Well, listen, Proverbs 3, 1 makes this great promise. The New Living says this, my child, never forget the things I've taught you. Store my commands in your heart. If you do this, you'll live many years and your life will be satisfying. Isn't that beautiful? (laughs) You know what? I, I don't want to lay my head on a pillow and think, what in the world did I do today? I just went through the motions. I, I don't want to go through life and just think, man, I, I, didn't, I didn't count for anything. I want the true freedom that comes by the presence of God using me in an amazing way, and I desperately want it for you. One way that God's Word sets us free is that He warns us of the destructive things that threaten to enslave us. He gives us a few warning labels in here and teaches us, but if you really want freedom, follow me, obey me, live for me. A park ranger at Yellowstone National Park was leading a group of hikers through a, through, through a fire lookout. And the, and the ranger was so intent in telling the stories about the flowers and the fauna and the, and the animals and everything and the whole history of Yellowstone. And he was walking through there and the radio kept going off and interrupting his speech. So finally he turned his radio off and was, could talk freely to the people. And they got kind of through this clearing and all of a sudden another ranger ran up to him out of breath and said, what, what? 
And he said, we've been trying to reach you on the radio. There's a grizzly bear stalking your group. Uh Uh-oh. Let me ask you a question. Is it possible that God's been sending you a few warning calls and you just reach down and turn the sound on? Is it possible that what God's been saying is, you know, why don't you surrender that crowd you've been hanging out with and trust me? Is it possible that you're in a relationship that you, you need to surrender trying to control it and let him have it? Is it possible that in your business you need to stop trying to control your circumstances and trust Christ with it? Is it possible that you're in one of those predicaments where the only way you can turn is to Christ? And he's saying, why don't you surrender and wave the white flag? And why don't you let me come and redeem you and claim you as mine and let you find the freedom found only in the presence of Jesus in your life? Is it possible that there's been a handful of warning signs that God himself has sent right to you and you just turned down the squelch where you couldn't hear him again. Is it possible that there's a grizzly bear called sin sneaking up on your back? Jesus said to the people who believed in him, you are truly my disciples if you remain faithful to my teachings and you'll know the truth and the truth will set you free. You know, the way of freedom is to submit willingly to the way of God. You know, God's word is powerful to free us from slavery, but it's only powerful if you use it. Students, to to throw this on your desk and claim you're a Christian counts for nothing. If I pulled this book out and I started tearing page after page out of it, I started here with Psalm 119 and I started ripping page after page and throwing it on the floor, you know what, y'all would just rise up. That's the holy word of God. And you know what, I'd be doing the same thing you're doing when you leave it on your shelf and don't pick it up all week long. God's word is powerful to free us from slavery. The spirit of the word will empower us to live in freedom of obedience to God. Like the songs we sing here over and over again, where the spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty or these chains are gone. I've been set free. My God, my savior has set me free. You see, I've been redeemed and so you can be too. I can be reclaimed. There I am in the trash heap of life and I've given my life away and I've totally made a disaster in my life and everything is just messed up. And I promise you, according to the word of God, God can reach down through the power of Christ, his son, who died for you and shed his blood for you to pay for all of our junk, for all of our sin, for all of our misery, for all of our selfishness. And he reaches down into the junk heap of life and picks us up and he says, I'm going to redeem you I'm going to pull you out of that mess and I'm going to give you freedom. And in that freedom, I am redeeming you so that you might count forever. Forever. God made a way to redeem, to remake, to give us a new heart. Inside your bulletin today, you got this little piece of paper. Pull that out, will you? Let me pull it out. In the seat back in front of you is there pens. If you need one, borrow one from somebody. Grab this. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to, I want you to take this card, and I'm going to give you just a minute. And some of you are going to want to huddle over it so nobody can see. And some of you are going to, oh, it's big. Where's my magic marker? I want you to write on this card, what is it that you're being held slave to right now? Maybe it's alcohol, maybe it's porn, maybe it's a bad relationship, maybe it's selfishness, maybe it's food, maybe it's you. What what is it that's holding you? 
What's grabbed you? I'm going to give you just a minute. Go ahead and write it down. Write it down. Go, I know so many things. I'm too cool to do this. Write it down. Go ahead. Write it down. What is it that's got you? What's got you chained down? What's got you held up? What's keeping you from experiencing all that God has for you? What's keeping you from experiencing the freedom found in Christ? Write it down right here. You got about one more minute. Finish writing that down. Over a century ago, our nation embroiled in a civil war. A primary issue was the slavery of people from Africa. And on one September day, President Abraham Lincoln issued an executive order. And here's what he wrote, and I'll quote, that on the first day of January in the year of our Lord, 1,863, all persons held as slaves within any state or designated part of a state, the people whereof shall then be in rebellion against the United States shall be then thenceforward and forever free. And the executive government of the United States, including the military and naval authority thereof, will recognize and maintain the freedom of such persons and will do no act or acts to repress such persons or any of them in any efforts they make for their actual freedom. Suddenly, thousands of people were declared free. The nation of the United States of America had redeemed them and called them up out of what the world had thrown into a garbage heap and said, you are now free. You've been redeemed. You count. You matter. God loves you. God made you equal. We are one. And the government said, you've been redeemed. And more powerful than any president of the United States, more powerful than any government that's ever stood, Galatians 5.1 says, it is the freedom that Christ has set us free. It is the freedom that Christ has set us free. Therefore, stand firm. And do not let yourself be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. You have been redeemed. You are free. The power of Christ has came and pulled you out of a garbage heap and said, you count, I love you. You are my people. Hold on to the word of God and live in your freedom. For you have been redeemed. Would you like to celebrate freedom in Christ? I want you to take that piece of paper you wrote on. And I want you to do something a little unconventional for me today. I want you to fold it. Then I want you to fold it one more time. Then I want you to tear it. Then I want you to tear it again. Then I want you to tear it again. Then tear those into two pieces. And keep tearing until you can't tear anymore. Come on, tear them. Go ahead, tear them up. Hold them in the palm of your hand. For you've been redeemed. And I want you to hold them out like this. Go ahead, hold them out. They've been torn up. You know why? You know why they're torn up? You know why they're not whole? You know why? Because they have no power on you. They can't hold you down. They can't grasp you and keep you away. And I want you to take that paper today. And Jace is going to lead us. We're going to sing the song called I've Been Redeemed. Before we do, I want you to stand and hold this paper right here. Go ahead, stand, hold this paper right here. Hold it up. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, we will not be held captive by what holds us today. We will not be held down by the power of sin. We will not be held down by what this world offers. We are free for you are freedom. 
You are truth, you are life, and you alone redeemed us. We are free. Throw it down, throw it down, throw it down, throw it down. We've been redeemed. We've been redeemed. Let's sing it like we mean it.